Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent who dreams for their child and every child who dreams for their future, I say these words to you tonight. I am with you. I will fight for you. And I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you, and good night. I love you.
Valerie Greenfeld, how are you? 
Valerie, are you there? Oh, sorry. Thanks for having me on. I can hear you now. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, our, our opening story for tonight, very important, you know, very uh, detailed what's come out the past couple days with this Lisa Page situation and, uh, you know, the Comey, uh, Peter Stork, Bruce Orr, you name it. Hey, everybody who's on the line, please uh, make sure that there's no echo in the background. That was kind of a problem the last episode. So, uh, please. Um, so, so, getting back to this situation with, with this whole uh, fake narrative and this collusion hoax, um, it's sickening that the FBI for this long, you know, was getting – and we know, you know, that obviously what they did to Trump, they've been doing that for a long time because – that, that FBI uh, office with the people that were in there, uh, you, we can only imagine how long the corruption and, and sneakiness and, and, and crimes have been going on with that agency. I mean, it is a, an ongoing disgrace. Um, I do want to play this clip from Trey, Trey Gowdy uh, earlier today. And, uh, you know, he really puts things into perspective uh, regarding this case and regarding Stork and, and the transcripts and uh, you know, Lisa Page and, you know, Comey um, literally uh, exonerating Hillary uh, before even do, doing a, a thorough investigation. And they know, you know, they know for a fact that Hillary was guilty. They know. Um, but, you know, they, they played it off. They, they protected her. They didn't want Trump to, uh, to win. I mean, it's very clear here. It's very clear. Uh, but play, play this clip, though, one for it. Out of Peter Strzok, or at least trying. Did you write? Did you write that? I did write that, sir. Okay. Were you under duress? Political expression engaging in hyperbole. That text in no way suggested that I or the FBI would take any action to influence the candidate. Agent Strzok. That is a fantastic answer to a question nobody asked. Former House Oversight Committee Chair, former prosecutor, and Fox News contributor Trey Gowdy joins me live. Congressman, good to see you. You too, Okay. What's it like to hear that play back where Peter Strzok, under oath, told you to your face, he didn't try to do anything to influence the election? Well, Ed, I mean, I'm not a big fan of public hearings. Um, I'm much more of a fan of the deposition. You just made reference to a lot of questions that Johnny Ratcliffe engaged in. I, I read the deposition again today. The most constructive information we got from Peter Strzok is when we were behind closed doors, no time limits, could ask whatever we want. That's where the real information came. Let's get to that. Oh, the insurance policy. I I mean, being pressed on that, uh, the most charitable view of what they meant by the insurance policy is they had a source. They had a confidential informant that they didn't want to burn. And I'll, I would invite you to use this analogy. If you've got a drug source, you've got a confidential informant, you're not going to use that source to burn Jeff Spicoli in fast times. But you might, you might to get Pablo Escobar. Right. So their analysis was, we're not going to burn this source because we don't think Donald Trump is going to win. So lay aside their poor election forecasting for a moment. Guess what? He did. So if you have a source that has information or evidence that the leader of the free world is an agent of Russia, come on with it. Give it to us. Your concern that you were burning a source.
force on somebody to yeah. couldn't win, that's over. Here we are more than two years Here's later. The information. They haven't come out with it more than two years later, Congressman. You mentioned uh, John Rackles. Yeah, go ahead. There is no information because there is none. There is no source. So, John Radcliffe, you mentioned the questioning. We've got part of that graphic where basically he pressed and said, did Special Counsel Mueller or anyone with the Special Counsel's team, did they come to you, Peter Strzok, and ask you about whether any of this evidence, you know, the insurance policy and all of that had any impact on the election? And Peter Strzok, under oath, says no. Why hasn't Bob Mueller or any other investigative authority gone to him and gotten to the bottom of this insurance policy? Ed, because I think you and I just got to the bottom of it. The insurance policy is Lisa Page, Peter McCabe, and uh, Andy McCabe and Peter Stroke all sitting in a room saying, look, he's not likely to win. But upon the remote chance that he is, we have an insurance policy, which is this FISA investigation. It's a counterintelligence investigation right. that we launched in July. That was their insurance policy. They just never thought he was going to win. But doesn't so that suggest the Mueller, probe, that. the Mueller probe, was it started with a lie? Um, I view the Mueller probe as looking into what Russia did to this country in 2016. That part is not a lie. The second part of what Mueller is doing is with whom, if anyone, did they do it? I've seen no indictments, no convictions on the crime of, of collusion, in part because it's not a crime. Yeah. But let's say conspiracy to hack the DNC server, conspiracy to hack Podesta's emails. I've seen no indictments of any Americans, much less Trump campaign officials, on either one of those. So, yeah, yeah I think Mueller, Russia, yes. Collusion, no. Got it. Congressman, real quick, I want to be fair, because we've been going around and around about this transcript going after Peter Strzok. His attorney put out this statement, quote, Pete welcomes the release of the transcript. Contrary to the impression that the president's allies in Congress tried to create, with their selective and often inaccurate leaks. Pete, at all times, the attorney says, discharged his duties honorably, patriotically, and without regard to his personal political opinions. True or false? Uh, that's why you hire lawyers, uh, so you can pay them to say what nobody else in the world would say. I, I actually do think the transcript should be made public. Um, I, I, I'd love for Jerry Nadler to release every bit of it and let the American people see whether or not Peter Strzok is a patriot. Okay. Judge for yourselves. I mentioned this at the top. Uh, Barack Obama, as president in 2016, sat down with her own Chris Wallace uh, and was pressed about whether there's, there was any interference by the Obama Justice Department, who was supporting Hillary Clinton, essentially the Obama team. Was there any interference with this FBI investigation on the email and other matters? Here's what he said. I guarantee that there is no political influence in any investigation conducted by the Justice Department or the FBI, not just in this case, but in any case. And she will full stop, period. Full stop, period. And yet Lisa Page in another transcript testified again under oath that that same Obama Justice Department told her and her others at the FBI basically do not prosecute Hillary Clinton. Doesn't that sound like interference? I don't even have to get to that, Ed. How about what the president said? He said that she had no intent uh, to jeopardize national security. Uh, the president himself, not his Department of Justice, he himself, in the middle of an ongoing investigation, said that there was no evidence on the most important evidentiary element, which was intent. He also did it in the IRS targeting scandal. Remember that? He said there was not an ounce of corruption. So that's twice in two high-profile investigations where the top of the executive branch has weighed in 
We asked Comey about it. That didn't bother him. Yeah. Of course, when Trump says, can you let Flynn go, that's obstruction of justice. Sorry, but sorry. when the president weighs in, it's not. I got 15 seconds. John Huber was his prosecutor in Utah. He was supposed to get to the bottom of FBI abuses, whether there was a Russia hoax. What, what's, what's the deal? Do we need to send a search party out to find him? I haven't heard anything from him. Well, I mean, I, uh, prosecutors aren't great at, at handling media. I, I think Barr's going to make him do his job. The Inspector General Michael Horowitz is going to do his job. I, I think at some point we're going to know all of what happened in 2016, 17, and 18 is as it relates to the Department of Bureau. We shall see if the Attorney General, William Barr, follows up. Congressman Gowdy, appreciate you coming in with your So, So there you have it, guys. Let's, let's face the facts here. The real Russian collusion is with Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton, you know, sold 20% of our uranium to Russia, you know, and, and, and so many other things. I mean, we've seen so many Democrats take all this different money and, and have all this, you know, different influence from uh, foreign entities, but they never, nothing ever happens to the left. I mean, it's such a double standard, and the left knows that there's no Russia, Russia collusion, but they keep pushing the narrative because they know their voters buy into it. And, and the fact that they put out, a, it, it's, a, it's a, a fake, phony insurance policy, uh, and they, they even admitted they didn't have sufficient evidence. It's something they just thought, which is why they launched the investigation and which is why they did this insurance policy for, for Trump. I mean, it is ridiculous. Like, they did not have uh, reasonable cause to do this, but they had all the reasonable cause in the world to indict Hillary, but we all know the fix was in. They were doing everything they can to get Hillary elected and not charge her, and they were trying to do everything they could to frame Trump and bring him down. And the fact that the Obama the Department of Justice ordered the FBI not to prosecute Hillary, I mean, imagine if a Republican uh, Department of Justice did that. Imagine if Trump's Department of Justice did that. People are already bitching at Trump thinking he's going to par- pardon Manafort. I mean, that is so much lesser than what Hillary Clinton has done. I mean, it's not even a comparison. Um, I want to go to Josh. Josh, go ahead. Well, first off, here's the deal. The only collusion that happened was between the FBI and the DNC, and we see that Absolutely. over that, and over yeah, again. Obviously. I mean, it, it's just it's it's extremely it's extremely apparent. It's not even funny anymore. And the fact that they continue to push this narrative of a Trump-Russian collusion is just laughable. And I mean, and let's right. take this let's take this a step further. The fact that they acted, I mean, really, we should be thankful to the to the media right now. And here's why: yeah, yeah. if the media hadn't been pushing the narrative that Hillary was going to win, Hillary's going to walk through in a landslide. Right. And it was going to be right. Hillary was going to kick Trump's butt. If they wouldn't have been right. pushing that narrative, the FBI right. might have gotten more involved underneath the covers, yeah. so to speak. And we could we could yeah. have President Hillary right now. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. And here's the thing about uh, something else that factors into this. Bruce Orr's testimony uh, even admitted that uh, Chris Steele was extremely biased. And desperate to defeat Trump with this with this fake dossier. I mean, it it goes on and on, and all the corruption that we're under released and we're discovering is is amazing. Um, I want to go to Bill. Bill, go ahead. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, one is we need to change the word from collusion to conspiracy to commit a fraud. I mean, that's what that right. that's that's the real yeah. 
legality of it, and that because collusion, is, you, you can collude with anybody. You know, I mean, Obama sent people to Iran in in 2007, so he yeah. sent a. Um, but you, what what I think, and Trump's a counterpuncher. And I, I, if you if you're going to let you know, it, we have a saying in Texas says you give a calf enough rope and he'll hang himself. And I think that's what Trump is doing, is letting these guys play out. I don't think that the, the whole Justice Department and everybody in, is out, out to get him. I think that, that he's waiting for them to get go and do whatever he wants to do and all this. And, and Because now we have a new attorney general in there who's, who's got a set. And yeah. he's, he's very he, – you know, you might not agree with this guy's politics on some things or all things, but he, he's right. got a morality to him. That, that I think will take us to the final goal. And, you know, and another thing that happened today is Mueller, uh, a guy on Mueller's team known as the, the Pitbull, uh, Andrew Weissman, left the Russia probe. And if anybody doesn't recall, he was one of the most prominent figures on that investigation. He was one of the most prominent people. He was uh, the person that was basically leading the charge uh, next to Mueller in a lot of ways. So the fact that he's leaving – uh, it really looks like it's wrapping up. I, you know, I'm, I'm seeing more and more indications and more and more things that uh, lead me to believe that. Uh, Valerie, go ahead. Yeah, I'm actually just I'm surprised it's finally ending. I just thought it would go on for the rest of my life. And, um, you know, I think this, the timing is good, and I think that, um, you know, in the end, Trump's going to win, and I think his patience pays off. And he's been unbelievably patient. I mean, I, I can't even imagine that somebody with his uh, stature, stature would not have shut this off a long time ago or at least asked his uh, Justice Department to do something. Um, but I think in the end, his, his uh, patience is paying off. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it just, you know, and you're absolutely right, Valerie. I mean, you know, not, I mean, he, he can do things that nobody else can do. I mean, we'll never see a president like this ever again. I mean, this guy is uh, unbelievable. He's as profound as it gets. This guy's a miracle worker in every single way. Um, I want to go to Kevin. Oh, yes. So Trey Gowdy could not have said it any better. Um, the whole point of Trump doing all these different things as part of his campaign promises to the American people, uh, this whole false um, Russian narrative charade has really cut into his ability to uh, act on his campaign promises. And with all this resistance, I want to know why is it that uh, the leader of the free world doesn't have the ability or um, to take down this, this deep stage because um, just how deep it goes. And uh, we'd really like to see how this uh, plays out at the end. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's go to Gianni. Gianni, go ahead. Yeah, you know, I couldn't agree more with uh, Trey Gowdy either. You know, I, I really believe that this Russian investigation has nothing to do with Trump. It's all about how, yes, it is a fact that Russia hacked our constitutional republic, democracy, whatever you want to call it. It's a fact that that yeah. happened, but collusion, there's been no proof over and over again. Right. I mean, there's right. been nothing that has incriminated Trump because if that would have came out, it would have been already out by now. If the Democrats had yeah. such a, 
uh, a big deal with Trump, you know, colluding with Russia. It would have already been out by now. Um, you know, but as the whole Lisa Page thing, you know, it's very, it's very uh, alarming that, you know, they were yeah. going to, she said that the FBI needs to charge Hillary with gross negligence in 2016, but the DOJ, Obama DOJ actually told them no, and that's what really is alarming to me right now. Yeah, and, you know, it was announced earlier that the, ha- the House passed a unanimous resolution calling for the public release of the Mueller report. So they're they're going to be releasing it. Uh, hope I mean hopefully it passes. I mean I don't see why it wouldn't. Everybody wants to see it. So I think it's going to be very interesting when we when we get to see it. And you know it was just announced yesterday that the state of New York charged Paul Manafort um, with 16 felonies after yep. he was fe- fe- federally sentenced. Uh, I think he got seven and a half years with, with his federal sentence because they added. They had three and a half originally, then they added three and a half to his federal sentence, and then they gave him 16 felonies in the state of New York. So he's got to do federal time, which, you know, Trump could crime. So that's why New York went after him. Obviously, we know it's a little malicious, but we know that uh, there are some things that Manafort did in his past on his mortgages and his taxes uh, that most people would not get away with. So, I mean, you know, but at the same time, this stuff would have never even came up if it if he was uh, if he hadn't have been working with Trump. So it kind of, you know, exactly. what bothers me about this what bothers me about this entire thing is that with with um, with, with uh, Paul Manafort, he was only getting investigated and asked getting asked questions about Russia from Mueller. But once they couldn't get anything from him about Russia, they went into his personal finances. They went into his personal life. They went into his past transactions. Totally unacceptable. I mean, if you're investigating one thing, you can't – I mean, I guess you can as an investigator, but that's so shady and crooked to go into people's personal life. I mean, it's just it's, – it's disgusting. And, you know, I, I'm not for people breaking the law, but I'm also not for investigators uh, overriding their – you know, and, uh, you know, taking their authority too far. I'm not okay with it. Um, Josh, what are your thoughts on this? Well, you know, here's the deal with the whole idea of Paul Manafort actually being, you know, uh, you know, uh, convicted of something that was not, that had nothing to do with what they were originally looking at for. The reason that's a problem from like you were just talking about is because we don't have a problem with the fact that he's getting, you know, uh, convicted of these crimes that he did commit. The problem is that we have is that it seems and could potentially be that he's being targeted just because of yeah. his involvement with Trump, which is how it yep. seems to be, which is a lot harder to swallow. Right. Yeah, I, mean, I hear you. And, uh, you know, and Bill, Bill, go ahead. Well, it's a twofold thing. What you have is, is they're, they're going after Manafort, no doubt, because of Trump. But the but. Yeah. What Manafort, the life that Manafort lived and the, the things that he did, status quo for the D.C. and the elite types. So they're, they're making a point about Trump, but they're also – this is a form of blackmail for all those that are playing by these same rules. Manafort was fine yeah. when he wasn't with Trump, and he was doing all the same things. But now they're yeah. showing everybody saying all throughout D.C., if you don't do what we want you to do, 
then this is what's going to happen to you because you do the same things as Manafort did. They just nobody knows about it. And that's how they get Republicans and Democrats and all them to walk in lockstep to do all these things that are really against what the best interests of our country. Yeah, and Bill, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't Manafort uh, in a business or in dealings with Tony Podesta's brother and they didn't even do anything to Tony Podesta? It, the, the same crime, the the one that he got convicted for for federal for not registering as a as a foreign agent, Tony did, Podesta did the exact same thing, and except w- with him, they said, you know what, Tony, no big deal. You, you go Double on standard. your yachts out there. Oh, it, it it well yeah it well like I said it, it it's 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 not just it's a double standard it's it's beyond that it's it's a higher level than that this is a power thing that is showing everybody that that is for for decades and decades what Manafort did and what we're seeing come to light now is what they all do that's why they're all millionaires that's why the the DC voted 96% for for a democrat and and 4% for Trump in the elections and right. they're saying the power brokers are saying, telling the whole population, everybody that's involved, and saying this is what's going to happen to you because you got a deal over here for your kids. And it's just like with the colleges, it, that, that that permeates through everything into military uh, equipment and Boeing. And I, I'm telling you, the tentacles go beyond anything that you could really fathom. And that's what they're doing. Yeah, that- is they're saying. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Um, Valerie, go ahead. I'm sorry, I'm having a Valerie. hard time hearing the last. I know you. Um, I know yeah, you're following the Manafort like, case closely. You know everything. They're just out to get Trump, and I just think yep. that finally now we're seeing that it's not going to happen. I mean, he, yep. you know, everything goes back to Hillary. Everything goes back to the Democratic Party, and it yep. just goes to show that when you accuse somebody of something, oftentimes yep. it's the thing that that person's doing themselves. And um, I don't know. I don't. I, I think I kind of exhausted the subject. But I think that you know this is a big day of renewal for Trump. And Absolutely. For sure, Gianni, go ahead. Uh, yeah, you know it's 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 all a, a hack job. Like I always say, it's all a hack job. You know, it's all about Trump. Right. People forget about Al Sharpton not paying his taxes, but nobody goes after him, and he's been hugged up yeah. with the DMC and Hillary Clinton for all his life. You know, so this right. is all about let's try to find – we can't find anything with the Russia collusion. So let's try to find yep. anything and anyone fast that's uh, connected to Trump so it can look bad mm-hmm. on the media. Because when a person yep. that really does study uh, on their own and do their own research, they're watching CNN. They see, oh, Paul right. Manafort is, is, is arrested right. or going to jail. or They're automatically going to think, oh, well, Trump-Russia collusion might not be false out of yep. political game. That's all it is. It, it is, it is. And, and Kevin, let's go to you uh, quickly, and then I'm going to go to commercial, and then we got, uh, uh, Robert, we got Robert Spencer when we come back from commercial uh, in about a minute. But go ahead real quick, Kevin. Yeah, it is absolutely disgusting the way that the media and all the Democratic Party is scrutinizing Trump under a proton microscope, finding any little piece of dirt they possibly can. But I think it's completely backfired on them because they came out with nothing, and all the meanwhile, we see all the Democratic uh, infractions upon our rule of law, and uh, it really goes to show who's running the show and who has the, the power to imprison people like Roger Stone and Manafort while there's all these criminals uh, now in power uh, roaming free. 
Very well said, Kevin. Uh, everybody, we're going to go to commercial. We'll be back in about a minute, and we'll have Robert Spencer, the director of Jihad Watch, very popular guy right now. Would you know what to do in the event of an active shooter, a terrorist attack, or an unforeseen altercation? Whether at home or in the workplace, Skyray Security can train you and your employees how to defuse a potential violent situation. Our goal at Skyray Security is to keep our clients safe. With our professional and experienced Israeli Defense Force trainers, we teach strategies for safety that may someday save lives. Sign up at SkyRaysecurity.com for our workplace violence prevention and training classes or call 240-888-0682. And we are back worldwide, coast to coast. This is the Rory Sauter Show. Don't forget, we are listened to in 22 different countries. We are on over 60 online platforms. And uh, if you miss any interviews or any past shows or different clips, you can visit our new media site, the next, N-E-X-G-E-N-U-S-A.com. Um, I do want to welcome our very special guest tonight, great friend of the show. Awesome to have him back. Islam historian, foreign policy analysis, political strategist, activist, director of Jihad Watch, and best-selling author, Robert Spencer. How are you, my friend? Just great, but great to be back, Rory. Well, it's great to have you here, sir. And, uh, you know, what, what's new? What's going on? What's, uh, what have you been working on lately? What are the latest projects? Well, my friend, I tell you, I uh, just turned in the edits for my new book, which will be out September 17, 2019, The Palestinian Delusion, the Catastrophic History of the Middle East Peace Process. And so watch for that this fall. Wow, very nice. And, you know, I want to ask you, and I think this is on a lot of people's minds, and, you know, this is breaking news today over in Israel uh, with, the, with the missile strikes. What, what can you tell us about this? Because, obviously, uh, I, from my understanding, Palestine uh, reacted, reacted uh, they started it, and then uh, Israel uh, retaliated, correct? Yeah, oh, that's how it always is. The old saying goes that if the... Palestinians laid down their arms, there would be peace. If the Israelis laid down their arms, there would be genocide. And that's really the situation. Actually, as I show in the book that will be out this fall, The Palestinian Delusion, uh, all the peace negotiations failed. All the attempts to uh, come to some peaceful accord failed because the jihad imperative is absolute. The idea that any land that once belonged to Muslims and was ruled by Islamic law belongs to Muslims and must be ruled by Islamic law forever. And so there can be no Jewish state there. That is uh, a religious imperative, and it's never going to be negotiated away. There's never going to be some kind of an agreement that is hit upon that will satisfy everyone and bring about peace. But nobody in Washington wants to admit that, and so they keep trying, and what they end up doing is most of the time up until the Trump administration forced the Israelis into making concessions that only weaken its security. And so today we see that the uh, Palestinians are resuming the jihad, firing rockets into Tel Aviv. The Israelis are going to retaliate, and the next step is also predictable. After the Israelis retaliate, then the UN will condemn Israel and say that it used disproportionate force in uh, responding and that it has to stand down. And that's how this, this, this little tragic 
comic drama always plays out. How do you how do you explain um, them always condemning Israel? How do you how do you I mean how is that justified? It, it just seems so wrong and so ignorant. Well, yes. In the first place, it is wrong and ignorant, and it is insane. Uh, remember that insanity is not being able to discern reality from fantasy, and that's what we have in the case of the UN because they routinely turn a blind eye to genuine human rights abusers. Uh, they've hardly ever said anything to Saudi Arabia or Iran, but Israel they condemn all the time. And uh, talk about disproportionate, that's the very definition of it. But uh, the reason why they do this is ultimately the fault of the Organization of Islamic Cooperation, which is 57 Muslim governments. And since the demise of the Soviet Union, it's the largest voting bloc in the United Nations. And so the uh, Organization of Islamic Cooperation, because it also is dedicated to the same jihadist principles that animate the Palestinians, they hate Israel, they want to destroy it, and they have effectively turned the UN into a vehicle to help weaken Israel uh, or certainly to turn world opinion against it by raining down yeah. condemnations on it on spurious grounds. Yeah, um, yeah, very well said. I want to go to Gianni, and then I want to go to Valerie. Gianni, though, go ahead. Yeah, hi, Mr. Robert uh, Spencer. But uh, so I have a question. So I'm in the middle of struggling with the whole, you know, Israel and American, you know, unity and support. I'm studying this very closely, and I ask conservatives and Republicans, why do we support Israel? Some of them – you know, they just give me, you know, biblical answers like, oh, you know, the Bible says this and God is going to come back and he's going to create another, build another temple. And it's for biblical reasons we support. And that's for me, that's not really good enough. Like it's a religious uh, answer. What, um, what, what give me like secular reasons, political reasons or, you know, governmental reasons that we should support Israel. Now, I'm not saying I don't support Israel. I'm just saying I really want to have a strong um a strong answer when people, you know, liberals or whoever are asking me these questions. Yeah, absolutely. This is very important. And certainly uh, while Christians may uh, find the biblical record to be compelling, that's not going to cut any ice with non-Christians. And Israel doesn't need to have its support restricted only to people who uh, view the Bible in this way. Uh, Israel has very important uh, justifications for its own existence that have nothing to do with the Bible. And so here they are in brief. In the first place, it is a land, the only land, where uh, there has been a Jewish presence, uh, a constant Jewish presence, since uh, ancient times. And so in that sense, the biblical record is important simply as a historical record, which is also borne out by archaeological evidence, that this is the ancient land of the Jews and that Jerusalem is the ancient capital of the Jewish state. And then the Jews were exiled from that area in 134 AD by the Romans, but some of them never left, and there, was, oh, there were always Jews there, which you cannot say of any other people. Uh, in, in the, there is not a consistent Arab presence in this land, and uh, as a matter of fact, when in the 19th century the American writer Mark Twain toured the area, he was impressed by how desolate it was and how few people lived there at all of any kind. And what happened was that the uh, Zionist movement, which was started in the late 19th century, 
was saying that this is the ancient homeland of the Jews, and we are going to encourage Jews to settle back there, to move back from wherever they are in the world to go back to this area. When they started to do this in large numbers, Arabs started to move in as well. So a lot of the people who now claim to be the indigenous Palestinians actually moved into that area as a result of the Zionist settlements because the Jews would would come in and being an intelligent and industrious, hardworking people, they started to uh, bring prosperity to the area. They would open businesses and start farms and get things, and the Arabs moved there to get work, working with what the Jews were starting. And so uh, they are no more indigenous to the area than Jews who came from Europe to reclaim their ancient homeland. Now, in terms of international law, what happened was this land was uh, part of the Ottoman Empire, the last caliphate, the last Islamic uh, – uh, the, the caliphate is the Islamic government that, according to Islamic law, all Muslims should be uh, owe allegiance to. And the Ottoman Empire was the uh, – the caliphate and it uh, controlled the area that is now Israel as the Zionists started to move in. But the Ottoman Empire was very weak. It lost World War One. It was aligned with the Germans in World War One. It lost and the empire itself collapsed. The uh, League of Nations, the precursor to the United Nations at that point assigned the area to the British not to be British territory, it was called a mandate, that the British would have a mandate for Palestine, that they would actually rule the area in order to encourage what what was called close Jewish settlement on the land, in order to create a homeland for the Jews. This was uh, decreed by the League of Nations, and so this was the, uh, the, the, the area passed from the Ottoman control to British control, and Jewish settlement was encouraged. However, then the Arabs started to complain because they were Muslims for the most part, and Islam does teach about uh, the idea that uh, do you drive them out from where they drove you out, that the the Muslims must not ever be ruled by non-Muslims and must reclaim land that was once ruled by Muslims. So they started to complain to the British, and this is where the story gets really terrible. In 1920, the British actually went to the Grand Mufti of Jerusalem, Haj Amin al-Husseini, and British officers told him that if the Arabs rioted and killed some Jews, then the British would see that the Arabs would never allow this Jewish settlement in the area, and they would withdraw their support for this man, for the they would withdraw from the mandate. They would withdraw their support for establishing a Jewish homeland. So they actually incited. They told the Arabs to riot. The Arab Muslims rioted. They killed some Jews, but uh, the British the, were split. There were some who supported the idea of a Jewish homeland and some who didn't. So they went on. The whole situation went on until the Jewish state was founded in 1948. At that time, the United Nations had uh, decided on a partition of the area, dividing it between the Palestinians and the Jews, the, uh, actually the Arabs and the Jews, the Palestinians were independent until the 60s. The uh, Arabs rejected the partition and went to war. As soon as the state of Israel declared its independence on May 14, 1948, Saudi Arabia, Lebanon, Egypt, Syria, 
and Iraq invaded Israel, and they thought they would destroy it within a few weeks. They lost, and so the state of Israel uh, won its independence by right of conquest over uh, the the so-called occupied territories. Every you know after you look at the map of the, of Germany, for example, and you see that it was very large. And in World War II, they lost World War II, as they as we can all be grateful that they did. And the Germany is now smaller than it once was. Why? Territory was taken away from it. It lost the war. The same thing happened in Israel. The Israelis defeated Egypt and Jordan and Syria and Iraq and Saudi Arabia, and they took some territory to, in, to, to enhance their own security. And this is now considered to be this terrible, illegitimate thing, although countries that won wars have taken territory from countries that lost wars throughout human history. Uh, the map has never been stable. And so the idea that it's some heinous crime in the case of Israel is not so. But in any case, that's a lightning uh, version of the story. The, uh, the land of Israel belongs to the Israelis by international law, by the mandate of the League of Nations, which is the precursor to the United Nations, and by right of conquest. Wow. Very, very well said. Was... <laughs> um, Valerie, go ahead. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Robert. Um, very well um, explained there. I, I, I wanted to ask, um, with regard to some of this history, um, you know, as a result of all of that, I, I see the Palestinians, especially in, the, in what's called the West Bank or Judea and Samaria, as really just a pawn. They're pawns in the game of all the other Arab nations. Um, as a result of anti-Semitism, just trying to get rid of the Jewish state. And although the British, you know, did promise them and never, never um, followed through, I think, you know, there are places that they could, that many of the Palestinians could be living, for example, Jordan. In fact, most, many of them are, Jor- are Jordanian. Um, well, actually, do you believe Jordanians are essentially the same thing. I mean, there's, there's yeah. not really a difference. See, the thing about Palestinians is, it's a funny thing. When you get the book, uh, I know it's not going to be out for a long time, but I just finished it, so I'm, I'm, it's all in my head these days. The Palestinians, if you read the news from the 1910s, the 1920s, the 1930s, the 40s, at the time of the, uh, the um, partition that the UN proposed and Israeli independence and all that, nobody ever talked about the Palestinians. And why not? They there weren't exist. any. <laughs> Yeah, they right. they were Arabs, and the Arabs it's Arafat, of, of, right? of the Didn't Arafat invent it them? was Arafat, yeah, in the KGB, and they invented them to create an even smaller people than the Israelis because the Israelis were getting a lot of sympathy from being this tiny people, vastly outnumbered by these huge Arab states. So the Palestinians were invented, but they're not linguistically, ethnically, culturally, or religiously any different from the Jordanians or the Lebanese or the Syrian Arabs. And so uh, Jordan really is actually the eastern part of the mandate for Palestine that was originally supposed to be the Jewish homeland and was taken away in one of the earliest compromises in 1922 that the British made to try to placate the Arabs. So Jordan is really the natural homeland. It already is the Palestinian homeland, and uh, that would be a solution to the problem. But actually, you know something else. The Muslim Arab states don't want 
a solution to the problem. They want to keep this problem going. They don't want to help the Palestinians in any real way because they want to destroy Israel. And so none of the states around the area gave the Palestinian citizenship. Lebanon wouldn't want, didn't want them. Egypt didn't want them. Syria didn't want them. Jordan did. Uh, Jordan is the only one that would allow them citizenship. And it's because they wanted to keep this refugee problem alive so as to be a propaganda point to hit Israel with. But that's why um, they, but they can't get in now. That's why they're stuck there. But what bothers me is that, you know, with, the, with Gaza, the Israelis opened their border, allowed the, a lot of the Palestinians to come in if they needed a medical treatment or whatever. But on the, on the Egyptian side, they never opened the border. But Israel gets blamed for what's happening there when Israel is the one that's, doing, that's helping them as much as more than any of the other Arab states. Yes. Well, you know, it's a funny thing that recently the, Benjamin Netanyahu announced that the money that the Israelis give to the Palestinians, they were going to deduct the amounts that the Palestinians are paying to the families of terrorist murderers. And everybody was shocked and said, oh, this is so terrible. Look how they're oppressing the Palestinians again. But very few people, actually no one in the establishment media ever stopped and said, wait a minute. The Israelis give money to the Palestinians? They collect taxes to pay the Palestinians? How many people know that? How many people know that Israel provides the water and lights and electricity in Gaza? You know, these these people, they depend upon Israel, and then uh, they try to destroy Israel. So if Uh, they stopped doing that, they would be the apartheid state? Yeah. If they stopped doing that, they would be what they claim they are now. Real quick, I know, Roy, we're running out of time, but um, Robert, could you tell us a little bit about what you think the future of Jews are in Europe, if there is any? It's very bad. It's, uh, it's, it's very dire because with Muslims comes anti-Semitism. Nobody wants to admit that. It's not politically correct, but the Quran is it's extraordinarily anti-Semitic book. It says the Jews are the worst enemies of the Muslims. That's chapter 5, verse 82. It says they're under Allah's curse. That's chapter 9, verse 30. It says they're always scheming against Allah himself and against the Muslims and uh, will always be trying to interfere with what is good. These things and many more, much more is in the Quran uh, uh, criticizing the Jews. And so you bring in a large uh, number of Muslims into Europe. Some of them are going to be anti-Semitic, and they Mm -hmm. are going to victimize Jews. And we see this all over the continent that uh, the uh, Jews in Germany and in France and in Britain, they are afraid to go out. Large numbers of them are afraid to go outside wearing any obvious sign of their Jewish identity because they will be physically attacked by the Muslims. Mm -hmm. And one real quick question, Um, if it's okay, Rory. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. One real quick question. So I, you know, this whole thing that's been recently occurring with the new, uh, the two women uh, Muslims from um, uh, Ilmar or, uh, Ilhan Omar and Rashida Talib from uh, Minnesota and Michigan, I view this as a very important tipping point for the United States. That you know the the Muslim Brotherhood has said they're going to destroy us from within, and now we've got two women within, 
And they, as from what I've been observing recently, they've got more power than Nancy Pelosi. I mean, they're telling her what to do, and yes. and the and the and the House side is not uh, standing up to them at all and watering down anything yes. that they do. So. I'm worried that this is the tipping point and we're going to have another hundred of these two ladies and nobody's going to stand up. This is how it all starts. I wrote an article. Absolutely. I wrote an article the other day in PJ Media called uh, Ilhan Omar, the leader of the Democratic Party, because the one thing that came – that was clear in what happened the last couple weeks with her anti-Semitism and the Democrats – condemn anti-Semitism, which was really condemning her, even though they didn't have the guts to name her in the resolution, and then how they watered it down when her supporters protested. It showed she's now in charge. She's the one calling the shots. They are afraid to offend her. They're afraid to offend her base, which is now their base. And as a result, they're going to grow increasingly anti-Semitic and increasingly anti-American. And this is uh, the new Democratic Party. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's mind blowing. Bill, go ahead. Well, um, you know the the yeah it, it there's in the the Quran there there is only one goal for 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 Islam and that's world domination without any other religions and I mean they're very clear. Um, yes, chapter eight, verse thirty nine. This fight until religion Absolutely. is all for Allah. Excuse me. There, there, ever since its inception, there has been wars, and that's that's the that's the core foundation to all this. So there is no diplomatic answers to this. There, they, it doesn't matter what solution you you could come up and say everybody gets a ten million pounds of gold on Palestinians too, and which aren't anything because the Romans invented that name to infuriate the Jews. Um, yeah. They uh, picked it out of the Bible. In fact, the Philippines. Yeah, they, they that was that was done just to, they and that's uh, Palestine is really a geographic name to show a region. It doesn't mean anything. There is no culture. There is no language. There has never been in a government. There's none of that's ever existed. And the the Jewish people came into what was that Canaan? What a thousand years before the Romans named it Palestine. Um, yes, and settled that area, and that's what what's part of modern day Israel now. But the, the, it, they'll go after the Jews because the, the Quran is is highly anti-Semitic, and but that's the only the first enemy. I mean, it's it's in Iran's constitution um, to, to obliterate. You know, we're the infidels, and that's the bottom line yes. to it. Yes, indeed. Um, Josh, go ahead. Yeah, you know. Being part Jewish, and I see this this anti-Semitism that has really been, uh, you know, taking over uh, our Congress because of these two Muslim women from Minnesota and Michigan. But it goes farther on from just the anti-Semitism because there's a lot of people in this country that I wouldn't say hate Jews, but they hate the idea of Israel. And, and not just because Israel is full of Jews, but they think that it, you know, like we were talking about, how, that they think that Palestine has a claim to it or that a different Muslim nation has a claim to it. How can we change the narrative, so to speak? Because I would say there's a huge chunk of the country that thinks that Israel has no claim to the land that they are at and also believes uh, the, the media's lies about who the perpetrators are in most of these situations. 
How can we change that narrative of who they are now, and how can we spread the history of what Israel really is? Well, this is what we're doing here tonight. You know, we have to keep telling the truth. These things are not well known, and they are covered over by a barrage of propaganda, but the truth is available, and we can uh, sound it wherever we can. This, I mean, of course, this is one of the reasons why the social media giants are closing down conservatives and trying to silence us because they know they can't refute us. We're telling the truth. It's what we're saying is right. But uh, as a result, they can silence us, and that's what they're doing. Uh, at the same time, though, as long as we can speak and as long as we have any kind of audience at all, it's really just a matter of telling the truth. It's the, the historical record is clear, and the record when you're talking about so-called Israeli atrocities the Palestinians have been – I mean even the UN, which is venomously anti-Israel, noted that Hamas was using human shields, uh, putting civilians in harm's way only in order to uh, get them hurt or killed so that they could use their deaths for propaganda purposes against Israel. When even the UN notices, then the facts are not hard to discern, and uh, we just have to keep telling the truth. More uh, people will – People who have any reservoir of goodwill will see the will recognize the truth when they hear it. You know, Josh, in um, in 2005, Israel moved out of Gaza completely. So, if the Palestinians want a state, that is their land. Israel does not, you know, go, uh, do anything with that land anymore. It's completely taken over. And you know, the problem is that the that Hamas is now. Um, taken over, so they're per- persecuting their their own people, the Palestinians, with the Iranian money. So really, you know, the it's it's not really having anything to do with Israel. In fact, my son was on the border there, guarding the border as a, as a paratrooper over the IDF, and these these um, kites were flying over his head with the uh, the fire, you know, and they were lighting this wheat field behind him. And and they were they were doing everything they could, but when these guys come running over the over the border, they've got to protect their borders. But people don't see it that way. Right. Well, well I, think, I, I, I think that also. Yeah, I know Robert Spencer, you got to go. <laughs> yes, yeah, sorry. It's just I thought that uh, one more thing since you mentioned Gaza, is that uh, when the Israelis withdrew. There was a group of uh, rich philanthropists led by Mortimer Zuckerman, uh, the publisher, who bought the uh, paid $14 million to get supplies for the greenhouses that the Israelis had built in Gaza so that the Palestinians could keep them going, so that they would have a uh, means of gainful employment and they would be able to turn away from the war and live normal lives. And immediately they looted these greenhouses and destroyed them and uh, uh, in the celebrations that the Israelis had left and rendered them unusable. Hey, Kevin, go ahead. I know you have a a question for uh, Robert. Go ahead. Oh, I don't have a question, but I have a comment I can make. Um, Although I can't say that I know how to resolve this uh, deep-seated issue between the Palestinians and the Jewish people, but it seems to be more than just between these two groups. It seems to be between Israel and the whole greater, you know, Middle Eastern region. And it seems to be just a perpetual religious and race war and a war for resources. And um, it doesn't seem like there's a a way to solve it. 
And uh, although I strongly support the Jewish people in the state of Israel and everything that we've done to support them, like the embassy move, um, it seems like we have uh, overextended in the sense that uh, our most recent care package of uh, $38 billion, I mean, that's $10 million a day to Israel, uh, a very, very prosperous country that has socialized medicine, a a wall America would never dream of, an electrical grid that's underground, and uh, they're so prosperous. I want to know that our Congress would not agree on anything. Um, It's always, you know, gridlock. We can't get anything done, but when it comes to aid towards Israel, uh, it's almost unanimous every time. And um, I really want to know uh, what we're getting back from from this um, cooperation with Israel. We're getting back a, uh, the, a reliable alliance with the only democracy in the Middle East and a uh, matter of simple justice in terms of supporting a, uh, an entity that is on the front line of the global jihad which is the same jihad that uh, struck us on September 11th and that uh, will threaten all free people if we don't stand up to it. Anyway, it's been great. I do have to run, but thanks very much. Always good to talk to you both. uh, Robert, please tell everybody where they can find your stuff. Yeah, I'm at jihadwatch.org. Every day, updated many times with news and commentary on uh, jihad activity and jihadwatchrs on Twitter and the latest book, The History of Jihad, is at Amazon and at any self-respecting bookstore. And thanks very much. Okay. Have a great night. Absolutely. Great to have you all back soon. Thank you. Robert Spencer, everybody. What a great guest. We will be right back. We're going to go to a quick commercial. We'll be right back. Is video a part of your strategy for 2019? Hi, I'm Rob Hicks with Hicks Video, your remote video production specialist. Using equipment you already own, I help you deliver high-value videos to your audience. From interviews and demonstrations to online meetings and trainings, I work with you to shape your stories and subjects that demonstrate your subject matter expertise. If you're a product specialist, sales executive, or business owner, we make video production simple and affordable. We do this so that you can make videos on a regular basis, whether it's daily, weekly, or monthly, to communicate about the topics and discussions that are important to you, your audience, and your business. To make your videos, we use HD video conferencing that allows you and your guests to connect to our studio from your home or office using your laptop, phone, or tablet. Once you and your guests have connected to our studio, we do all the rest. We take care of the TV graphics, the intro videos, the outro videos, the music, the -the behind-the-scenes production. Everything that it takes to either live stream or locally record your video for post-production editing to social media, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, you name it. If you're tired of seeing the empty balloon commercials that are being made by your competition's social media experts, give me a call. I work directly with you, the subject matter expert, to help shape your story and ideas in a professional and polished manner via video. If you're ready to take a deep dive on your expertise and showcase the essence of your business via video, give me a call or connect with me online. I'm Rob Hicks with Hicks Video, the remote video production specialist, the doer's resource for online video production. All righty. We are – yeah, go ahead. I just wanted to answer the question. Um, Another answer Robert did, you know, I have a different answer, I guess, um, which is that what you get for the $38 billion that that United States gives to Israel is a lot of strings attached. And one of the main strings is technology. Israel is known as the startup nation, and they have amazing technology that um, helps with their defense. 
and the United States wants that technology. So what that money does is it goes over to Israel. They use that money to, to innovate, and then they, um, they, help, they sell to us some of those innovations at a very cheap price because we paid for the, um, for the research. So, for example, there's a, something called the David Sling and Iron Dome. And these things, when, when um, the rockets come from Gaza over into Israel, as the rockets are in the air, the Iron Dome intercepts it and, and, and um, destroys it before it hits the ground. So it's just the debris that ends up falling. And um, the United States bought several of those for different cities in the United States so that if, if we get attacked, now we are, um, certain cities in our country are now uh, safer because of right. that. Right. Um, Josh, go ahead. Well said, Valerie. Yeah, you know, Valerie, I wanted to respond to something you said uh, before uh, Robert Spencer had to leave that I agreed with you on, was when you were talking about the Gaza Strip and how, you know, the, the Palestinians that have moved into that area are now being oppressed by uh, the, the other, I can't remember the faction of Islam that you said. Remind me, please. Hamas. Hamas, yeah. yeah, Hamas. You know, and the, yep. I, I wanted to, I wanted to point something out in, in that. The and Josh, reason we the Hamas on this subject in the next like minute or so. So uh, please, sure, you know, if I'll you be, can this go is a little bit. Brief yeah. point anyway. Yeah. So okay. the reason Hamas, I want to make this clear for our listeners. The reason Hamas is is attacking and persecuting these other Palestine people in the area that claim to be also claim to be Muslims. The reason the Hamas is attacking them is because. Even though both of them claim to be Muslim, Muslims, Hamas is the group of Muslims who is actually aligning with what the Quran says. These other Muslims do not align with the, what the Quran says. The, Hamas states and, and supports the Quran to the extent of if you do not support the Quran alongside with them, like the Quran says, they're going to attack you as well. This is why we have suicide bombings and bombings of mosques throughout the Middle East. So I want to make that clear is that there are, there are true Muslims, and the true Muslims are people that support Hamas and jihad yep. like these factions do. And yep. those are terrorist well organizations. Josh, you want Hamas to respond? And, and Hezbollah, these are, all, these are all terrorist organizations. So they're not following international law at all, and the Palestinians, they're just using them. And then the Israelis are getting blamed for it. No, you're absolutely right. Um, I want to welcome to the show a uh, very popular guy, doing, doing very well right now, a doctor, award-winning speaker, veteran, technology expert, best-selling author, and Arizona Superintendent of Public Instruction 2018 candidate, and currently the Commissioner of Parks and Recreation for Maricopa County, Dr. Robert Branch. How are you, sir? Oh, I'm fantastic. Thank you again for having me on your show. Hello, Valerie and, and Josh. Good to hear you. Hello. And, uh, and, 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 and welcome from uh, uh, Alabama. Very nice. Very nice. Um, so I want to, you know, I really want to get into another main headline today. Obviously, we know the House, unfor- well, no, the, the Senate, my bad. The Senate went against our president, and they... Uh, totally, you know, voted to end his uh, national emergency situation with the uh, border wall. And soon after, President Trump said, he, <laughs> we know his great personality on social media. He went right to Twitter 
and said, veto, capital letters, exclamation point. And uh, then he put a tweet out after that saying, uh, you know, uh, he, he, he said, you know, a lot of things, but mostly he said he's looking forward to vetoing it. And this will be his first veto of his presidency. Um, so I think this is a good move. And, you know, I understand there's certain conservatives out there that think this go, thinks this goes against the Constitution. And I understand their perspective in a sense. I, I get where they're coming from and I get why they would think that. But don't forget, you know, we had Obama who abused his power with vetoing and ex- executive orders uh, constantly. It was ridiculous how much he was doing that. And he was doing those to harm our country. The stuff he was signing executive orders for or vetoing, he was, it, it was stuff that wasn't beneficial for us. You know, and we have people in the House, we have people in the Senate that are totally oppositional and totally, um, you know, against our president. They don't want to be uh, in agreement with him. They want to defy him. They, they do not, you know, they don't want to do what's right for America. And if you look at what's going on at the border, I mean, literally in a month, there were thousands and thousands of, of people in caravans uh, getting, getting apprehended. This was last month. And it doesn't end. And we're getting all these people where we don't know where they're coming from. We have people coming into the country nine or ten times after being deported, and they come back and they keep raping women, and little kids are getting sexually assaulted. And you have all this shit happening. You have people getting killed by non-citizens. I mean, this is a national emergency, and any one of our founding fathers, I'm sorry who, who, who disagrees with me on this, but any one of our founding fathers would do the same thing Trump's doing. You know, Trump is uh, something we've never seen before. This guy is a miracle worker beyond words. This guy is a profound machine that we have never seen. He's unbelievable. I mean, you can't, this guy is something straight out of the Bible. But, Dr. Branch, I want you to um, speak on this. Oh, I'll tell you what. You know, I have alerts when, when uh, our president tweets. And it was, it was yeah. interesting because I just heard on the news that those 12 GOP members – uh, voted against the president, and yep. I mean, within a matter of what a minute or two, and I'm sure you get these too. Bam! There's the yep. alert, and I'm looking, and it's it's a bold screaming veto. <laughs> and I was, yep. I'll tell you what, I was so happy. Up. It was like, the, the, well, not you know, proud, proud yeah. that I have a man in the White House that looks yeah. out for our country's savings, say, uh, 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 yeah. safety. And to tell you the truth, those 12 people, they voted not the way that they should. They should have went to their constituents and said, what do you want? And I'll tell you what, if they did. After all, they they do work for the people, you know. They work for the people, but they voted selfishly against our president, and they voted selfishly. They voted individually. And, you know, you see what President Trump did. He said, hey. It's at your own peril, you know, and they voted that way. And to me, some of the votes really shocked me, uh, you know, to tell you the truth. Um, And I don't understand the 12th. Now, we understand, you know, Alaska is going to do it in that and, you know, because they have done several things. But, you know, some of the votes, you know, and when you hear the things that people say, well, yes, we need the border. But, well, you got to realize the first two years. We had President Trump, we had a Republican House, a Republican Senate, and they did not. Mm-hmm. In that, 
humongous yeah. omnibus bill that they threw yeah. down there. They didn't put in. Uh, yeah, money I mean for the, the, the Paul Ryan, the Paul Ryan incompetence was disgraceful. I mean now now we're finding out today, but we'll get into this obviously in a second. But the Paul Ryan blocked. Uh, subpoenas for different Democrats that tr- Trump thought were causing crimes, and Paul Ryan blocked them. And it was a whole big headline today on Breitbart, but we'll get into that. But you're absolutely right. The the leadership under Paul Ryan and under John Boner was so uh, incompetent, <laughs> such a failure. <laughs> I love your name for him. That's great. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was, it was disgraceful. It, it, it truly was. And you know, we're sitting around and, and, and discussing this today, and, you know, the the thing is I can sit back and relax tonight to know that my president yep. has my back. That's the way Amen. I look at it. And and, and you know what? That makes our country stronger. When all the world leaders see that Trump's willing to go up and say, listen, I'm not going to kowtow. This is the way that it truly is. The people elected me. What was his mantra? Build the wall. Then when yep. the Democrats come out and they say, well, you know, that's just, a, that's, that's just a campaign promise. Well, yeah, isn't it nice that we have a president living up to his promises? Now, I know that Josh and I disagree a little bit on the constitutionality, but the president does have the right given to him by Congress to declare a national state of emergency. And I'm glad that he's vetoing yeah, but- it. I truly am. With that being said, let's go to Josh. Josh, go ahead. I'll let you respond. Well, you know, I've I've touched on the constitutionality of it before, and even though, you know, Dr. Branch, you and I disagree on this, I will say the thing that you and I do agree on uh, in, in principle is, even for me, I'm in between a rock and a hard place, because even though I disagree with the idea uh, that Congress can even grant this uh, this power to the executive, the, the fact of the matter stays two points that Obama usurped his exec, executive powers to do things uh, in regards to, um, you know, immigration um, and this problem at the border, which he did things to, you know, hurt the problem at the border, as well as the situation where Roy just stated these, these illegals, there's a, a good chunk of them that are coming over and hurting America. So it, it, it absolutely, in my opinion, is an emergency. Whether or not I agree on the constitutionality of the president declaring a national emergency, I do agree that this is a problem that needs addressed. So even me being a strict constitutionalist is in between a rock and a hard place of, yes, I may not agree with the, the way, but I agree with the means. Right. Sure, sure. Then, then what we have, and I think, like you said, we could be in agreement on that. But what we have now, and and what I am going to go to bed sleeping so well tonight, is to know that my president is erring on the the side of security of our nation. I know that our president has the security of our nation more so than our Senate, more so than our, our House of Representatives. He has our security in mind tonight. And I know I could sleep better tonight knowing that. Absolutely. Gianni, I'll let you respond to this. Go ahead. I know you have some maybe difference of opinion, so I'll let you elaborate. Yeah, absolutely. First of all, I just want to say I agree totally. We need a wall. Like Trump said, we need a big and beautiful wall. 
I believe we need a wall. I agree with that. I don't want a fence. I want a wall. First, that's first. But second, I believe that the Republicans that voted against Trump, I honestly believe in something in the background. Sorry, go ahead. There, there, was, there was somebody on the phone that didn't turn their uh, – there was something, somebody on the phone that had noise going on in the background. Continue. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I believe that it is against the Constitution for Trump to try to – I mean, if you look at the Anti-Deficiency Act, which prohibits federal people from, you know, using money, taking from Congress and saying, oh, I want to put a national emergency just to get what I want, that is unconstitutional. Yeah. If money, the power of the purse in the First Amendment tells you that money can, o- money can only be used if it's approved by Congress. You can't just bypass that and then say, oh, Obama did it and he's, he was bad, but Trump doesn't. It's like, oh, you know, well, you actually need a wall. That's not the point. The point is it's about the Constitution. It's about the, the Congress people swore into the Constitution to uphold it. They didn't swear into the President of the United States. And that's what I feel like a lot of people are missing. And if Congress haven't approved this money, why does the president think he can just say, well, guess what? I don't, I can't have my way. Do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to say, let's call it a national emergency. And then he turns around in the Rose Garden and he says, I don't need to do this. I just want to do it to get it built faster. Then he turns around and says that wall is already being built. Then turns around and says, I need money in order to build a wall. And those two, to me, I really, I really, really don't understand. And, uh, you know, I, I really think that we need to, as conservatives, not sell out to Trumpism and support the Constitution. If we did it under Obama, we need to do it under Trump also. Let's go to Bill. Yeah, well, you, you have this vote that, that I mean, Obama wouldn't, wouldn't would veto this bill that's going to go up. So would Trump. What president's going to, to sign a, a, a law that reduces their power? That's it, you know. That, that's not going to happen unless they find a puppet. But so it, it, that's a politics thing. That, that again, you're, you, what it does is it, it gives you kind of a roadmap of the the real true elite rhinos that you have to be cautious of. But when yeah. the the wall, you, you have to have. That's why the, this thing of national emergency and a, and a president having that power to get away from the bureaucracy. See that that's where Trump has changed the dynamic. Before it was it was like it was Obama. It was the the bureaucracy that was saying, he, "Here's our points. Here's our laws. Here's we'll let you put your name on it, and you can call it this, and you can make it your achievement that." But but Trump has reversed that now to where Trump is, the, and it goes outwards. Where where I mean, if you look at Obama, none of the things that he got accomplished were his original ideas. They were liberal and democratic ideals that had been around for for ten twenty. 30 years, but he got to put his name on it, and then he's the big hero. So it, 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 the bureaucracy came into Obama. That's how everything, that's how it all, and that's what the bureaucracy is used to, is dictating really what the president does and what laws get passed and all that, where Trump has reversed that, and he's the one who dictates the policy. And what, what they can't grasp is that he's not one of them. He's one of us, and that's what makes right. me sleep at night is because he's yeah. the guy next but, door to me. Rory, I got it. Can I answer that? Yeah, respond, Johnny. Go ahead. Yeah, but here's my thing. Like, I, I support the president. Listen, a lot of people will be calling me a rhino. I'm not a rhino. I was supporting President Trump 
when everyone was still, you know, kissing Ted Cruz's ass. No, I mean, I'm not, I'm not I, talking about Rhino. I know, I know you. I know you. Know, I'm saying a lot of people, you know, I put a post on Facebook and people are calling me like Rhino. I'm like, dude, I supported President Trump and people supporting everyone else. But my thing is, well, we have to, at the end of the day, we have to say the founding fathers made checks and balances and they made all the, the stuff in the right. Constitution for a reason because we don't want a king, we want a president. And the well, power I, of the purse tells you that, that the power of the purse tells you that Congress and Congress alone controls the purse strings of the federal government. I mean, it's not I, the president, I, it's the Congress. You know, let me ask you a couple questions. But what's your immediate family? Five, six, seven? You know, what what would your family size be? Counting you. I like my immediate family my is five people. You know, so let's oh, say have... that let's say that your family is eight people. Okay, your immediate family is eight people. Right. Nine pe- nine people a week die in the United States due to illegals being here. Nine people. So that means right. you and your whole family are gone. And that's where the, the, the state of the emergency thing, where there has to be that type of power to a limited point. Now, now Trump can't move hundreds of billions of dollars or, or, or change currency or, you know, that we're talking about, you know, under $50 billion at the most that he could ever move anywhere to any one place. But when, and you have 55 people a day going into hospitals that have contagious diseases and and you have MSN, so that's what the, that's what the state of the emergency thing has really got to be focused on. And and these it, it, uh, the constitutionality was is it is now in the, because the the Congress made a law about this. That's where the constitutionality doesn't come with the president anymore. He's allowed, and it's in with his authority, morally and justifiably, to apply the laws as they apply to him as well. So if he if he has the legal right to do this and to stop these type of atrocities, because this is an emergency, when you've got $110 billion of our money going to them and they're on welfare and, they're, and our Social Security, I mean, it is. If you look at the whole grand scheme of things, now, it, like I said, the constitutionality of it, that is, that's out of the president's hands, so it's not his call anymore. It's like saying, you know, well, I say that's a strikes, but, you know, you're going right. to call it a ball, so it's a ball. It, it, it either strikes your ball. Yeah, yeah but um, to be honest about that, just to be, just to be honest about that, like, I yeah. understand, yes, the president has the authority to call a national emergency. That's not what I'm, you know, disputing. But in the past, it's never been to take money and use it for your own will, like to use it for a walk. It's never been. That's never happened. It's always been called for, you know, things as far as like, um, um, you know, hurricanes and natural disasters and those things. It's never been to get money and say, hey. But that's the that's the narrative that the left pushes that it's it's his signature thing. But the the money yeah. that the presidents have used for this national disaster has been addressed has been used to address the national disaster. So right. if building the wall is what is what addresses the national disaster, then that's what you have to do. If it was a hurricane and you needed boats, then you would get boats. But this happens to be that these people are coming across and these things are happening, so that's the rectification, and that's what the money – just because that's his signature thing doesn't mean the two things are different. Uh, Valerie, go ahead. Oh, Ryan. 
No, I mean, I agree. If you, if, if you, I agree, I hear what you're saying about the Constitution, and I totally agree with that, especially because someday the Democrats are going to be in the presidency again, and we don't, you know, we don't want to give away too much power. On the other hand, there has to be a way that the president can protect us on the border, and I'm, I'm at a loss to understand where he can get the money to do this, um, you know, I don't understand why if he can't help, you know, if it can't come from um, some of the military operations or something like that. But I, I just, I, all I, under, well, it, I understand that it has to be done, and I don't really, I don't know how. I, well, I would say yeah, uh, to the military, because he got the, oh, he, he got the uh, military Jody, funding. I, want, I, mean, I he, want you to respond, but I want Kevin to, Kevin probably has some thoughts. I want to give him uh, okay, real yeah, quick, sure. and then I want uh, you to respond. Go ahead, Kevin. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, so there are two main reasons why the American people voted for Donald Trump. Number one, make America great again, America first. And the two would be immigration, that he's going to deal with it. And he could do both campaign promises just simply by vetoing the bill and being aggressive on this wall. And it doesn't just stop at the wall. There's more things that need to be done in order to – um, make sure that our country is being secure. And I think that uh, he really should um, act aggressively and veto this bill. Yeah, very well said. And uh, Gianni, I'll let you respond. And I think Bill wanted to say something. Now I'm going to go to, to our, our, our next guest who has probably has a lot to say. But Gianni, go ahead. Yeah, so um, I, I do got a, like a semi-question. Uh, so I understand that the president is doing whatever he can. You know, Are you directing this at Bill, right? Numbers. Yeah, 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 exactly, yeah, and everyone else too, okay. yeah. But, uh, yeah, you know, I really think that even if he vetoes it, of course Congress doesn't have the votes to even overturn that, so it's going to go straight to the courts uh, possibly. I honestly don't believe that it's, it's, it's obviously not going to make it through the appeal courts. I mean, that's number one. Number two is I don't believe that the Supreme Court is really going to rule in his favor. And then I think all of it is done for Trump to have a 2020 excuse and say, hey, listen, I do whatever I can. You know, I, I went through Congress. I vetoed the, the bill. I called the national emergency. So don't blame me for the wall not being built in order to save himself from, you know, his base supporters that are like, why have you built the wall yet? And that's what I yes, think well, is the whole national emergency is, is all about. Now, that being said, I really do think that Trump should have appointed someone else, uh, you know, because I did not like Paul Ryan. I believe we should have focused on the wall first, immigration yeah. first before criminal justice, before all this stuff. We should have focused yeah. on that first and had something fast, you know, then when we had control of the House and the Senate. Hey, Bill, I'll let you respond, then we'll, I'll introduce my next guest, but go ahead, Bill. Yeah, I, what, the, my question still remains. What, what do you do to stop the crisis of nine people a week being murdered, 37 rapes a week, and uh, 180-some assaults a week going on every week to American citizens by people who are here illegally and some being deported multiple times? You, I understand your, your thought process, but you have to, if you're going to say you can't do it this way, you have to have the counter of saying – then you do it this way, but by but saying you can't do it this way, and then everything stays the same, and people are dying and getting hurt, and their lives mm -hmm. are devastated on and on. That's mm -hmm. not an answer. Well, Johnny, I'll let you say the final thoughts you, you, on this, and then I got to introduce our next guest. Go ahead. 
All right, yeah, so I would say, you know, more funding for the National Guard, you know, or, you know, I think, I, me, honestly, in my opinion, the government should have never been brought back open. If, if, if he doesn't get money from the wall, it should have stayed shut down. Now, I know that could have been bad for some people in Americans, but like you said, it is a crisis. So it should have said, hey, if I don't get $5 billion for this wall, this government will not open up. And I just believe that I agree, I agree that's how that. it should have been. Yeah, I agree. Well said. Well said. Well said. And I, I need to introduce our next guest. And I know he has a lot of thoughts on this. Um, we have right now on the line with us. Uh, let me make sure he is here. Uh, popular talk show host, political activist, and founder of Unite America First, Will Johnson. How are you, buddy? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me, and I'm loving the conversation. Your, thought, your thoughts on all this. I want your input. Obviously, you've been listening. You know what's going on. You know, right now we are in different times. It's not like it used to be in the past. We didn't have in the past where we had Democrats creating sanctuary cities, sanctuary states. We didn't have it where Democrats were encouraging people yep. just to come across the border. We didn't have in the past where Democrats were telling people that were illegal that we're going to make a pathway for you to vote in the next upcoming uh, uh, presidential election. We didn't have these things in the past. So President Trump is having to do things differently than any other president in the past. So do we like the fact that he's having to do uh, a national emergency like this? Absolutely not. I don't know anybody who would, but I completely understand his step and his, his, his reasoning for doing it because he doesn't have any choice. He's, He's getting backed up into a corner, not only by the Democrats, but by the, by the Republicans, the GOP as well. What does he do? He, his, his ultimate job is, comes to the American people first, and that is the protection of every man, woman, and child in this country. How he does it, people may not like it. People may love it. Just as long as he does it, that's what all matters right. at the end of the day. And if he doesn't do it, then right. we all should have a problem with that. Right. Right. I want to go to leader. I want to go to leader of Black for Trump. He's on the line with us. And then I want to go to Josh. But leaders of Black for Trump, what are your thoughts on this national emergency? Uh, you've been listening. Uh, please give us your input. My input is uh, Ecclesiastes seven fifteen through sixteen, which says, "Don't be over righteous to your own destruction. For why shouldest thou die before thy time?" Saith the Lord. That's Gianni. Because it's insane what you're saying Because you're going against James Madison The guy who wrote the Constitution And in the Federalist Papers In the glossary it said God wrote the Constitution If you go against the laws of God You're going against the Constitution You have laws, statutes, judgments, and commandments In the Bible, 613 laws of God All dictate what you can and cannot do The command is something that God created. So just in case the king has to command you to go outside of the law to protect the country, he can. For example, you can't work on the Sabbath, but if somebody is attacking the country, he can order you to work and build and do whatever to save us. That is what a command is. Uh, President Trump is the commander and chief, which means if some kind of an emergency happens, he has the absolute right, which is why the Congress gave him that right, 
if he dictates that there's some kind of an emergency, he has a right to command. But see, only the Democrats and the, the, the cannibals have the right to break all of the rules and laws and then make their commandments and make all of their presidential orders. But when it's time for us to do it, then we have the rhinos that's inside the Republican Party who are really cannibals with them who are oh, – no, you got to keep the law. you got to keep the law only when it's time for us to protect ourselves because why? You're a nut. That's what a nut does. So what I'm telling you, this is a civil war. They're, they mm-hmm. are opening up the borders on purpose because they are trying to take over the country on purpose. Yep. The young Turks put Ocasio-Cortez according to Hannity. They put her in, and they're putting a bunch of themselves in so that <laughs> they can conquer the Congress. And while you're sitting up there saying keep the law, you're going against um, General Sherman, who told Abraham Lincoln, what do you mean follow the rules of engagement? Yeah, the rules of engagement, but they're not following it. They're ducking behind rocks. We are standing out in the open shooting and wondering why General Lee is winning all of the wars is because all of the battles is because you're stupid enough to be standing out in the open. Now, if you duck like them, that's why General Sherman was upset with Abraham Lincoln for going against Regiment 46, the first black people that were allowed to fight in the Civil War because they ducked like the Democrats were ducking and won the first battle. And after they won the battle, they got reprimanded for being cowards and not standing out in the open and saying, ready, ain't fire like some goddamn fool. Is this, this is what you want us to do. Follow the goddamn rules while they're killing us. That's what nuts do or weaklings do. The king has the right to command. The command is build the damn wall. Why do you have to build a wall? Because the Bible says the wall is your salvation and your protection. Every European country, see, white people who are European don't have rights like black people don't have rights. The, the, those other cats are free. The Mongols and the Huns, the Eastern African Pakistanians, not all of them. I'm talking about the wicked ones among them, the caste among them. They are free to break <laughs> all the laws, like Obama could break all the laws, but we're not allowed to protect ourselves. They don't want us to have guns, but they have guns. We don't have. We can't have teeth. Only the vampires can have teeth. We can't fight back. Only they can fight back. We're worried about, well, when a Democrat gets in, he'll do what Trump did. They don't give a damn whether Trump does or does not do it. They're going to break every rule and law <laughs> any damn way. So what you do what? is you go ahead and put your foot up their ass while we can, while we can, <laughs> Trump is not a punk. He is, his name is and Donald twisted Trump, while it's up not there. Donald Trump. He is not a chump, and I'm so glad that I'm going to be I'm going to be campaigning against every Republican nut who is an actual <laughs> camp cannibal sitting up there voting for human trafficking to come across into our country and not build that damn wall. Punking out, talking about it's the wrong thing to do until they mama gets shot. You understand? If they mama got shot, it'll be the rightest mother scratching thing you ever seen in your damn life. But right now, we're supposed to follow all of the rules, but that's not what the command was set up. A law is any rule that you break 
that makes you get physical punishment, a statute of the law that you break, that gives you civil punishment, and a statute, I mean, and a judgment is how much of a punishment should you get on the civil or the, 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 the physical side of punishment. A command is anything that God or the king might order you, do, you to do that breaks the law or the statute, but because it was necessary, we can be saved just like Jesus made that same he came up with that same thought. Jesus had his disciples eat on the Sabbath and pick fruit on the Sabbath because they were famished and were really hungry. And and then they said, oh, how we caught you eating the fruit? This is Matthew chapter 12, so you'll know. And they said, you're breaking the law, so they're going to stone you. Jesus said, have you not read what David being king was able to command them to break the law right. because they were in danger of being destroyed? So he was able to command them to break the law, and he couldn't be judged for it. And they held their heads down and walked away. So guess what? I'm telling you, Gianni, hold your head down and walk the hell of damn wall up because we have Donald Trump, not Donald Trump. He is not a punk. He is Cyrus. Cyrus is bombastic, vociferous, egotistical, and a warmonger. That's what he was back then, and that's what he is now. And he has to be that way or these Babylonians and these nuts that want to keep all of the goddamn rules to get us all killed. Thank you. Go ahead and talk. I'm sorry. I love it, man. No, I love okay, it. Man. Well said. I want, Gianni, I want Gianni to respond. I want, hold on, Gianni. I want you to respond. But Josh has been wanting to go for the last, like, 15 minutes. So I want to give it to Josh, and then I want Gianni to uh, say, you know, his reaction. But, uh, Josh, go ahead. Yeah, appreciate it, Rory. And I know I'll keep this somewhat brief because I know Gianni want to get on that. But Bill, I wanted to I wanted to push back on the argument you were making a little bit, if if you don't mind. Uh, I don't. I I, I love your uh, your your comments uh, on the regular, but this is the the first time I disagreed with you. So indulge me a little bit here. Uh, you know, I think the argument you're making. You know, you're talking about the nine deaths a week, the thirty-seven rapes, and how these are reasons that the president should be doing what he's doing in in regards to this national emergency and you and i can both agree that that's a problem but the fact that people are dying because of illegal immigrants is not a reason to adopt in my opinion whether or not it's constitutional uh to adopt or to use to use situations and to use laws that can be easily used for tyranny and this is something that I don't think that Trump is going to use it for tyranny, obviously. But I cannot stand yeah. and push and push know. back against Obama when, with his executive orders when they, those are being used in a in a potentially tyrannical way and tyrannical way, and yeah. then not comment yeah. when Trump is doing the same thing. I'm right. not faulting right. Trump for using the tools that are at right. his disposal. But here, real quick, Rory, but here's the deal. The, yeah, I want, I want, Bill, like I want Bill to be able to, to defend himself and say, you know, his, his piece, uh, but we can't make this a back and forth. We are on a time frame, so I want to let Bill say his side now. Bill, go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I – and we – but we changed from two different situations. Now we're on to a constitutional question. And, again, the, the Democrats aren't suing – the, are taking this to the Supreme Court to get the law that they put in place taken away. They're making a new right. law. So, so that's a different process. Now, it, it's like 
Josh had said the, a few minutes ago. It, it could go through the court system, and then again, we're going to get to the constitutionality of it in the Supreme Court if it went that way. But as the, the because it, it be, the president, if he's if he's legally able to do this because of the laws that Congress put in, because that's how the government works. You follow the law, regardless if you if you shake or shim. But the, if that's the case. Then, then let him do this because it, it's not just a, it's not just those lives and those things are just a, a point of this. Those are horrific yeah. tragedies that can never be there. Well, how much money would it take? Yeah. You know, they're they're just it, you can't you can't just dismiss that as one of the points of of it being just bad. Right, right. Um, Josh, I'll let I'll let you give a quick response, and then we're going to go to Gianni. Please, because the, I wasn't just dismissing them. The point I was making, I wanted to make a comparison before Roy let you talk, which is fine. I'm glad you got to say what you got to say. But the comparison I'm making is you are making the same type of type of argument that liberals make for gun rights. The exact same argument you're making: guns kill people and guns hurt people. Let's get rid of all guns. Yep. You're making you're making the same type of argument. You're saying. That, that, and, and the liberals say it doesn't matter about the constitutionality of it. It doesn't matter if it's an inalienable right or not. That, but you need to get rid of guns. And I, I, I don't. It's, it's the same type of argument. I don't agree with it. That's outside. Well, except it, all from the, the, the. Yeah, but the fact is that it's guns that don't kill people. People kill people. Right. And you're talking about no, out, absolutely. You're talking about hundred percent right. Between an outside, but it's the same argument. nation. You're talking about an outside nation attacking us. In the Bible, in Exodus chapter seven, <laughs> I mean seventeen, the children of Israel were attacked, and they and they killed one old man and one child. And God ordered us to go kill every man, woman, and child, sheep, goat, camel, and ass, everything that pisses against the wall, kill it. And burn the city so that all nations will see and fear and do no such evil to his people. So that was God's remedy for killing just two damn people. And you still want these nuts in? We're supposed to either get revenge or stop them. Build the wall. I am the guy that started the chant. Build that wall. Build that wall. So I am the guy that. Hey, Rory, Rory, I got to build the wall. Rory, can I respond? Hey, we got it. Excuse me. We got to go to commercial. We are on a time frame. We can't have the back and forth, Josh and Bill. I mean, we, we I mean, we spent a lot of time on this topic. I mean, if you guys want to make a quick point, then go ahead. But we are on a time frame, so. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I got. A, I got a quick point. So first, you, yeah. Gia, well, Gianni, Gianni, I'm coming right back to you. Gianni, I got to go to commercial for 30 seconds, but I'm coming back to you okay, to make cool. your point to Black for Trump because okay. you still haven't done that yet. So we'll be right back. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Are you an aspiring entrepreneur? Do you have an app idea? Do you want to save money? Well, I got great news for you. My company, GetYourAppBuilt.com, charges a fraction of the cost compared to anywhere else. And all of our work is the same amount of professionalism you'd see from any other company. Uh, Please visit our website, GetYourAppBuilt.com, for your free consultation and contact us today. Thank you. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. 
Please visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com for all your authentic, customized, and creative President Trump apparel and merchandise. You won't find products like this anywhere else. And best part of all, it's made here right in the USA. Use Mega45 at checkout for 30% off your first purchase. Again, visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com today for a wide variety of great selections. Thank you. All righty, we are back. Um, coast to coast, worldwide, worldwide, listened to in 22 different countries on over 60 online platforms. Uh, the Rory Sauter Show, everybody. Gianni, I'm going to let you uh, respond, though, to Black for Trump on because uh, you didn't get a chance to defend yourself. So go ahead. Yeah, so first of all, I got a bill for the so I understand the Bible pretty well. And last time I checked, Obama, when he passed Obamacare, which we agree was unconstitutional. He did it so people that can't afford uh, uh, health care got health care. Now, we can say, oh, but that's anti-constitutional. It's not constitutional. But wait a minute. He was, trying to, he was just trying to help people. What's, is, is, that a, is that an issue? Or is it constitutional? But no, I think Jesus would go and help people that doesn't have Obamacare. I think that also. Oh, yeah. Also, number two no, he is when it comes no, – Number two, we always say, oh, you know, it could, you can just bypass the law, da da da. It doesn't mean anything. Um, let's say when it comes to food stamps, when it comes to things in that nature where people can't eat or things of that nature, we like to, you know, quote about capitalism, which I agree with in capitalism. We can say socialism. Everybody eats. You don't have to work hard for yourself. Everybody eats. Jesus didn't say he didn't go to the five thousand and say, hey, I'm going to make you, I'm going to give you food. And free food, and we're going to give you a free fish and a free uh, piece of bread, a loaf of bread. Oh, no, no. you got to work hard. Are you working in order to get this bread? Are you working in order to get this fish? Jesus did that, but that's not what we do in America because we're not Jesus. We're not a church. We're not a religion. America is a constitutional republic, and guess what? Work your ass off to make it in this country. We're not going to give you free stuff. Versus Jesus would do that. He would say, the law says this, but guess what I say? Also, when it comes to guns, Jesus said, um, uh, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. Yet we say we have a constitutional right to own a gun. But you could just say, hey, bypass the law. Jesus said you live by the sword, die by the sword. Remember also when the guy, I think it was Peter, I think it was Peter, uh, Judas, one of them, that was about to cut the warrior's ear off because Jesus, he was about to apprehend Jesus. He cut the, the ear off. And Jesus said, are you, are you kidding me? Are you nuts? It's on to put the sword down. You live by the sword, guess what? Because it doesn't, hold on, before, before you respond, that's not constitutional conservatism. That's what Jesus would say. But I believe we don't found our stuff on what Jesus would say. We find ourselves on, yes, Judeo-Christian values, but we have laws because we recognize we live in the real world and this is not a church. The Constitution was written by the Word of God, 613 laws of God. So Gianni... I hate to tell you this, but you have convoluted the Bible and everything. You didn't say anything that actually was said in the Bible. Because Matthew 10:34, Jesus said, "I didn't come to bring peace; I came to bring a sword and war." Jesus said that. I, the, stuff, the stuff that you're saying has nothing to do with the fact that you have the right to protect yourself. It has nothing to do with the right that the president has a right according to the Congress and according to the Bible, to give a command that might be outside of what you think is constitutional, 
But because it is necessary, he can order that. Thus says they want to change the law. But when Obama was doing it, everything is okay. God Good said point. in Deuteronomy 22, 4 and 5, he specifically said that if a man is sick and he cannot pay, then it's the obligation of the country to help him. Why? Because that is what they do in America because they got that from the 613 laws of God. So you don't just give Obamacare to everybody because all of that is insanity. If you can pay for it, you pay. If you can't pay, then God makes amends for that. So you're just, you are, you're just all the way outside of the way God thinks and the way the scripture is written. You understand? Yeah. What you're doing is helping them kill us. And it's yeah. a damn shame that a young brother of your caliber is a black man at that that is allowing them to come in and kill my mama, sister, daughter, girlfriend, and wife, and you are upholding the insanity, and you want us to go about what Congress is going to do when all of them are the demon crats that are killing us. Pelosi is an East Indian from Sicily. The last is in the bow. She is the damn cannibal. And you're going to help this BIT kill us. You are out of your mind. You better wake up before everybody dies. Okay? Thank you. Let Gianni respond. Hey, hey, Gianni, I want you to respond. But before you do, I want to hear what Will Johnson has to say about this whole thing. We haven't heard from him in in, in a bit. But I want you to respond, Gianni. But go ahead, Will. You know, we can can fight about it all day long. And while we argue about it and fight about it, they're still crossing the border. The Democrats are still encouraging them to come. I went down to Tijuana, Mexico, where they had groups of the left that was encouraging these people to try to rush the border, and they don't want any border walls. So we we can't we can't go along with what the Democrats want us to do. Sure right. enough, it's, it is it goes against the Constitution. We no one can argue that. But we are in a different time where you cannot go along and play along the same rules that these Democrats are playing along with. We're already screwed. Soon as they get rid of, soon as they, if they if they're successful on removing President Trump from office, you think that they're going to come in and do executive order just for climate change? They're going to do it on everything. They're already trying to move the electoral college. We cannot play by their rules. Playtime is over with. Hey, if, we're, if, we're going I, in, if we're going in, let me say this real quick. If we're going into battle and yeah, we tell I everybody, okay, Rory. you can only bring 100 bullets. Yeah, you can. Are you just going to bring 100 bullets or are you going to bring 1,000 bullets? We have to. We can't play it by the rules any longer. Right. And right. I want to let – I know somebody wants to respond, but I promised Gianni I'd go to him to have him defend himself, and then I can let um, who, who wanted to talk next go. But Gianni, go ahead. So here's the question. Do we care about the – I mean, I understand all the people's talking points. I understand that we need the wall and we need this stuff. Yes, I agree. We need the wall. We need to build the wall and build the damn wall and big, build it real hot. Yes. But here's the thing. Do we care about the Constitution or not? Because, see, when 2024 comes, all the tr- – Trump is not going to be president anymore. And everything is just going to go back to the way it's always been. And a Democrat is going to come in and say – like Josh said, oh, well, guns are killed. They're going to do it anyway. They're off the team. But, look, but, look, but here's the thing, though. Even two they are going to do it anyway. That's a good point. They do it. 
But just just There's because they do it doesn't it. mean just because they do it doesn't mean we need to do it though. And and to respond to black people back to Trump. So you say the Bible was written by the Constitution was written by the Bible, but then you turn no, around I said, and you say I didn't that. say that. I said that the Bible was written by a man who read and spoke Hebrew, James Madison. That's why they hired him to transpose the 613 laws onto a piece of paper, and he called it the Constitution. Thou shalt not kill is where he got, you're not allowed to kill somebody unjust. That's written in the Constitution. Where the Bible says you're not allowed, you got to have two witnesses to find anybody guilty of any sin. That's where Article 3, Section 2, Number 1 says you must have two witnesses to find anybody guilty of any transgression in America or their confession. He got that. From six hundred thirty laws, he was not smart. He just he just took it from the Bible. Said God wrote the Constitution. So if God wrote the Constitution, then we got to go by the six hundred thirteen laws of God and act accordingly and stop acting like that. We are that we don't we don't. This is not a, a a country based on God. Okay, that's fake news. Roar. Yeah. Okay, this this is Bob here. I, I I'd like to uh, interject. Aaron, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, Doctor Brandt, all... go ahead and and we got just to let everybody know. Uh, everybody, tell me now who wants to comment on this topic one more time because we do have to uh, shift gears. We only we uh, we're on a time <laughs> clock. So uh, anybody that wants to comment after this, let me know right now so I can get to you. Yeah, Kevin has a short something later. Okay. All right, all right. Kevin, I'll get to you then. All right, go ahead, Doctor Brandt. First of all, I, I, I want to say thank you to uh, your guest from uh, Blacks for Trump. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I love what he has He's all to over say. the headlines, and, you, gotta... and he's at every event. He's always on the TV. Uh, I tell you, yeah, he's doing great things yeah. for, for the Trump party. Well, and you know I teach at the number one, number two Christian universities in the world, and on Sunday yep. I have to fly, and I'm going to miss church, and I'm a Southern Baptist, and I'll tell you what, I feel like I've already got my religion for the week, and I, I want to thank him Love for it. chiming in. But he I, memorizes I, I the Bible better than anybody I know, to be honest with you. Well, I'll tell you what, and, and, and I love it. I love how he's able to uh, critically think, too. And I think that's what's terribly missing in our country these days are people that can critically think. But I want to pose one question, not, 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 not to that gentleman, but to Giambi and everybody else as well, is, is this a crisis? And the answer is, and I was listening to Bill and also, uh, you know, to your other guests, this is a crisis. If you live in Phoenix, you can see the buses, the buses of illegal aliens being driven in and dropped off into the city of Phoenix. That's a crisis because those are now in our population. Another crisis is the fentanyl, the drugs. Remember when Donald Trump was running for president, he addressed that the opioid crisis was his one of his number one issues, and it's directly affected by that border. This is a crisis. So the question is, is this a crisis? If it is, he has the right to do it. And if we want to question the constitutionality of it, well, all we got to do is just let him veto it. It's going to go to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court, right. or, uh, you know, in, in my opinion, is going to rule in his favor because of the laws that were yeah. passed by the Congress. Yeah. 
Donald Trump, as your guest said, is not yep. a chump. You know, right. he has the best legal, brilliant minds. Plus, he put two people in that Supreme Court. He knows what's yep. going to come down. He's playing chess yep. while everybody Very else well. is playing checkers. You're absolutely right. We do have to finish up on this topic, but I know Gianni has 30 seconds. He wants to, to say something else uh, regarding this topic, then we got to move on. But go ahead, Gianni. Oh, yeah. Number one, uh, the Constitution says Congress should make no law respecting any establishment of religion. So the Constitution doesn't disrespect Christianity. It respects anything religious or not religious. Number two, like you guys just said, the Robert Brent, uh, at the end of the day, it's going to go to the court. And we're just going to see what happens. And if it rules in favor of him, I'll be like, wow. But if it doesn't, I'm going to say I believe that they upheld the Constitution. That's all. I hear you. Okay. Well said, well said. Um, Will Johnson, uh, now that I have you here, uh, I want to ask you this, and this is bothering a lot of people, obviously, this headline. Uh, Gavin Newsom in California just got rid of the death penalty. You live in California. You're a big activist. You go down to the border. You're with different politicians constantly. You're always at different events. You know what's going on. You're, you're uh, connected in the political realm. What are your thoughts on this? As far as the death penalty, you know what? We got a whole bunch of these pedophiles running around here that need to be put off this planet. So I think that's part of the reason why he doesn't want to do it, because people commit these horrific crimes. And if they can verify that these people committed these crimes by murdering women, um, raping little girls for months on end, and then they don't want to give them the death penalty, personally – you know, I don't believe in we just need to go around killing people, but you know what? Some of these people need to be removed off the right. planet. For him doing and, and I've been this, sent- to my understanding, what? Go ahead, go ahead, I'll, go ahead, go ahead. To my understanding, it's been in the making for since Jerry Brown, like the like the beginning stages of Jerry Brown when yeah. he went to office his last time. And but it was Gavin Newsom went ahead and pushed it on through. Right, and, and it's one of those things where I'll tell you this. Um, it, it, it's insane. It, it really is, and, and the fact that the fact that all these families have to deal uh, with this scenario when you know you have all these killers out there that commit these horrific crimes, and the family doesn't get enough justice. Because what about all the first degree murder murder killers? I mean, what about all these people that commit first degree murder? I mean, they're not going to get the death penalty. I mean, it's pretty sick because that just goes to show that taxpayers are going to have to be responsible for this crap, and that should make anybody upset. Um, uh, Kevin, I didn't get to you on, on, the last, on the last topic. I know you had a thought. Go ahead, Kevin. Oh, yes. I simply wanted to agree with uh, Dr. Branch. He's absolutely right. And I want to pose the question, too. Does anyone honestly believe that the Democrats are going to honor the Constitution? Is it the Republicans that are going to break the Constitution? Never. Gonna make they never have. They never it? will. Absolutely. So we need to act and do the right thing and preserve. These people, like Rand Paul, are saying we need to preserve the Constitution. Well, what Constitution? I can name multiple inalienable rights that have been violated. Uh, It's not going to get any better by playing all nice and fair. We need to act. Right. And, you know, I was going to Go ahead, Will. Go ahead, Will. I was going to say Obama's care. We all agreed that Obama's care was unconstitutional. Did it not go to the Supreme Court? Well, it, it did go to the Supreme Court, but when it went to the Supreme Court, remember, he said it was not a tax. 
And remember what Justice Roberts said. He says, yes, it is constitutional because it is a tax. That's what he said. Obama says it's not a tax. And the thing is, is they, you know, they have the right to tax. And that's the reason why it won't. And, you know, to me, you know, was it constitutional? Not the way that Obama presented it, because he said it is not a tax. Right. And we, we are, we are about out of time. Will, I want, I want to give you your final thoughts. Will, uh, go ahead. You know what? If, if we don't, if we, keep, if we keep playing with the Democrats, playing by their rules, it doesn't matter what we think or what we do because we're all going to be screwed in the end. We can no longer play by the rules. It's really that simple, but we think we have to play by these nice rules, but that's the very reason why we're in the predicament we're in right now. Well said. Any, anybody have any final thoughts? You know, I was going to get to today. Uh, there have been 332, again, that's 332 reported hate crimes against Trump supporters this year alone. Uh, well, actually not this year, in the last couple of years. But it's more than any other uh, political affiliation. I was going to do a whole segment on this tonight, but I don't have time. So I'm going to have to uh, move this to Monday where I do a whole segment on all the different hate crimes and and hoaxes that people have tried to blame on Trump supporters, which is absolutely disgraceful. Um, But we are are just about out of time. But I want to get anybody that has any final thoughts. Rory, I had a final thought. Josh here. Yes. Yeah, I just want to respond to Kevin real quick. Kevin, I understand what you're saying, but it doesn't matter whether or not the Democrats play by the rules or not. The rules are there. It doesn't matter what someone else does. We have to follow the Constitution. And and, and as by playing by the rules, playing by the rules, that's the whole point of the Constitution. It's a rule book. And this is what you have to do. You have to make the Democrats play by the rules. You have to push back on the fact that they aren't playing by the rules. But you cannot make the argument that we also don't have to play by the rules because they don't have to play by the rules. That's not an argument you can make. If you want real Republicans in Congress and in the Senate that are going to uphold these rules as as Republicans, then you need to elect different people. But you cannot say that you just – both sides don't get to follow the rules because that's how the country falls apart. Hey, Kevin, I'm going to let you respond. Make it quick because we do got to run. But go ahead, Kevin. Uh, simply speaking, I believe that the country is already falling apart. So just playing by the rules, there's just no game. It's a, Republicans are always the party of concessions, conceding, we're losing. Let's actually gain some ground is all I, I have to say. All righty. Uh, I'd like to. We, we, are, we are out of time. Uh, wait, who, who had the thought? Was that Bill? Yeah, what I was, what I wanted to say finally make, make was quick, that Bill, we, Bill, we're about to run out, but make it quick. If you got twenty seconds, that's fine. If the president, if what governs the president in this situation is unconstitutional, then that needs to go through the legal system. That's the process. Us not just doing. It. If he has, if he's in with his legal bounds, by by what he can do now, then he should be allowed to do it. And the other process of the unconstitutionality goes through the courts and the right. Congress. Well said, Bill. Bill, please tell everybody where they can find you. We are, uh, we are. The, the show's about to run out, but where? Please tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah, just check me out on Twitter. It's Super Elite Texan, and uh, give me a follow. We will do that. We'll do that, Bill. Uh, will, please tell everybody where they can find you. UniteAmericaFirst.com.
Uh, Josh, please tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah, follow me on Instagram at J-O-S-H-H-L-A-V as in Victor, A-T-Y. Appreciate it, Rory. Absolutely, buddy. And Gianni, please tell everybody where they can find you, Gianni. Yeah, you can find me on Facebook at Gianni uh, Rodriguez with the Z-Paris 2Rs. And uh, Kevin, uh, and then Kevin, go ahead. Where can everybody find you? Yes, you can find my group on our website at republicansunited.org. Perfect. Dr. Branch, tell everybody where they can find you. Well, besides the lake on you, follow here for the next two days. You can follow me on Twitter at uh, Bob Branch. That's B-O-B-B-R-A-N-C-H. Excellent, guys, and uh, we've had a fantastic show. Thank you for all coming on, and uh, we'll talk to you all very soon. Uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show tonight. It's been a fantastic show. Um, don't forget, you can find us on over 60 online platforms. We are listened to in 22 different countries. If you miss any of the shows or any of the past clips, please visit the next NEX. GenGenUSA.com. Again, that's the, the NextGenUSA.com. Uh, that's our new media site. Uh, I love being with all of you. You guys are all fantastic. Let me thank the sponsors, the audience, my co-hosts, and um, my amazing um, everybody that tunes in. You guys are all so fantastic. Sponsors, co-hosts, guests, and audience. You guys make it happen, and God bless you all. Um, I will see you all next week. Um, I'm Rory Sauter. Have a great weekend, and uh, I'll see you Monday. Cheers, everyone.